When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Here's what's cooking on the Sports Though Fantasy Baseball Show. We start things off with ranking the catchers, talking rule changes, and all that went on in the MLB offseason. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Though Fantasy Baseball Show. Play ball! Welcome in to the first edition of the Sports Though Fantasy Baseball Show of the season. I'm your host, Ben Stover, and I am joined by senior fantasy baseball analyst from BellyUpFantasySports.com, Kevin Wilson. Kev, it seems like it's been forever since we've been on the show. It has been doing, forever man? since, like, what was it, like the first week of September, wasn't it? Yeah, then? yeah. We've messaged, we so. we messaged throughout the offseason, but we we haven't been on air together. So No, uh, that's, that's way too long of a, 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 a depression, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> how the economy goes into a depression. That's yes. what it was like, you know, not being able to be on a show with you. So. They say absence makes the heart grow fonder, and me that's and Kev are fond. Exactly right. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, welcome into the, the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We're presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com and Righteous Felon Jerky. And uh, each week, myself and Kevin will join you uh, and, and just break down everything fantasy, fantasy baseball. So before the season starts, we'll do player rankings and uh, different fantasy topics. We'll have a guest on each week to talk Major League Baseball news. And uh, then as the season gets into it, we'll give you all, all the advice you need to succeed. That's and right. You need to go baseball. nowhere else. Right here. That's right. You're set. It, it's all right here. There's no it's reason right to here. go That's anywhere right. else. Nowhere. We right. do want to nowhere. welcome in our live viewers on the Sports Stove YouTube page <laughs> and the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page. And all of our listeners later via podcast were found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we got you covered there as well, and so excited for what is ahead. We're going to get started with our very first segment of the show. We're going to call it each week our Fantasy Burner, where we talk about one major fantasy topic. So, Kev, let's get into the Fantasy Burner. Let's get in. All right, Kev, today what we're doing in the Fantasy Burner is we're talking about a rule change and how it's going to affect fantasy baseball this year. We've decided to talk about the shift on the band. Or not the band. The band on the shift. There we go. We'll get it right one of these days. Uh, how the infielders. There's a band on the band. That's right. The infielders are no longer allowed to uh, shift like they have been doing the last several years. 
We'll talk about this more in a moment with our guests. But, Kevin, I wanted to bring up the fantasy aspect of this and uh, let you talk about how it's going to impact batters positively or negatively this year. Well, there, I can't see how it could possibly affect batters negatively because first of all well left-handed hitters specifically right-handed hitters they didn't really shift on because apparently right-hand hitters know how to go to the opposite way mm-hmm. and uh we we talked about this all last year left-hand hitters we've given up any pretense of them even trying to go the other way now and so from the time they pick up a wiffle ball and t-ball all the way up to the majors they don't have to worry about that anymore and so left-hand hitters, there should be a ton, just about every left-hand hitter, yeah. that will benefit from this shift ban. And Because uh, not only do you have the shift ban, you have it so that the out infielders cannot be on the outfield grass. Mm-hmm. And so what we've seen is you might have the, the third baseman clear in the right field. Right, or sometimes the shortstop's over there in right field, and the third baseman is on the uh, uh, infield next to the second baseman. That will no longer be the case. And so, when you look at some of these hitters, like um, here in Texas, Cole, uh, Corey Seager, mm-hmm. specifically, I was doing some research and come to find out that of all the major league hitters, he had the most hits taken away by the shift in the last two years. And uh, I was kind of surprised when I found that out because, you know, I'm a Dodger guy, and I thought that he could hit the ball the other way better than he apparently can. (laughs) So guys like him, massive upside for him. And uh, there was a story in the Dallas Morning News this morning about him and how he came over to Texas last year and he struggled to begin the season, and uh, and, he, and then he in the second half he was better, but I expect him to come out this year guns blazing right out of the gate. He's been on the team, you know. He's he's been around the 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 guys now, and uh, him and Bruce Bochy have had some pow pows here, and so I expect Corey Seager to be a very significant impact player coming up in fantasy baseball this year. And essentially anyone that hits from the left side is going to benefit from this. And I saw some people saying, well, it'll be a negligible, whatever that word, negligible, okay, impact. I don't believe that for a second. This is going to have a major impact on left-hand hitters throughout baseball. And so, like I said, there's be no pretense of them hitting the ball the other way. And I'm sure that uh, there'll be like a shortstop will probably be like a foot away from the from the second base bag. And I'm sure the third baseman will probably be where the shortstop was. So you've got still the whole entire, you know, third baseline that they could take a shot at. But they're not going to do that for the most part. And so I think that there's going to be a major impact. And, uh, I don't know about you, but I've done some fantasy baseball mock drafts, and I don't see a big impact on their stats. Hmm. So I'm, 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 whatever they say about left-hand hitters, I'm taking that in a grain of salt because I think they're all 
going to do better. It doesn't matter if you hit 190 or you hit, you know, like Luis Arias and you hit 318 to lead the American League in batting. Every single left-hand hitter will have a better season next year simply because of this shift, man. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm, as a Brewers fan, I'm excited about what's ahead for Rowdy Telez. I mean, he already Rowdy had a good Tellez year last another year. Another guy that we could certainly talk about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had, a, he had his Fifth best strong year. guy. And, 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 and the yeah. other thing I was reading, it, it says that it won't have a whole lot of impact on home runs. I don't see how or, you know, one way or the other. But if you're not worried about anything other than hitting the ball, I think the home runs will still be there. Yeah. And Rowdy Telez, as you mentioned, is a guy that we all know he can hit it to the upper deck. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, he's a guy that is a Brewers guy. You got to be pretty jazzed up about him. Right. Yeah. Now, I wrote an article this week on BellyUpFantasySports.com on the effect it's going to have on pitchers. And kind of right. the same way that you're talking is with uh, it's going to affect right-handed pitchers more than left-handed pitchers because a left-handed pitcher is going to be facing predominantly right-handed batters. The right-handed pitchers are going to face a lot more left-handed batters. And so it could affect some of their stats and really those ground ball pitchers, right? Sandy Alcantara, Logan Webb, Kyle Wright are the three guys. I Yeah, kind of Sandy Al- yeah talk about him because he's a guy yeah. that's, that interests me coming into this year. Yeah, and I, I don't think this year we're going to see a huge impact, meaning where we got to drop those guys way down in our rankings or anything like that. I, I've kind of dropping them all about one to three spots down in the rankings just because there's gonna, they're going to let up some hits. But I still think it's going to take a couple years for the batters to get back on track because they're so used to trying to get the ball in the air. They've kind of avoided those ground ball situations if they could. And it's going to take some time to break that habit, I think. And so I think this year we'll see some impact. Next year we'll see more impact and so on and so forth from there. But those guys are interesting to watch because if you're a ground ball pitcher, the shift has been great for you. Especially right pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> and now guys that are hitting 211 and stuff like right. that. And, right. You know, and so they hit the ball to short right field. And there's, like I said, the shortstop making the play. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to watch all season and see how it impacts pitchers and, and hitters. Um, I'm, I'm already kind of stacking my deck when it comes to drafting on left handed guys. I think it's going to have a, a better positive impact on those guys, like you mentioned. And so as I'm drafting, if it's a choice between player A and player B, and one's right hand and one's left hand, I'm probably going with the left-handed guy uh, just just to see what happens this year, right? That's that's where I'm going to take my chances at in my drafts. Is uh, I'll be I'll be a heavy left-handed guy if if that's where the decision if that's the only decision I'm trying to make between player A and player B that is relatively equal. Um, well, I'll go with the left-handed guy and and see if that strategy pays off for me. Because Kevin, I'm not sure if you remember this or not, but last year I defeated you in our playoffs in fantasy oh, baseball. Yeah, that's, uh, you I don't know, want you I to forget to remember that. that, Vince. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but then I lost to Dan uh, D'Amico. Right. We'll have Dan on in a couple of weeks, uh, our champion from our fantasy baseball league, and uh, and we'll we'll let him gloat a little bit about that as yeah, well. Yeah, I so, don't think he's been able to gloat even a little bit. So no. yeah, well, we we, yeah. we have to let him do that. So we'll give him we'll give him his time. All right, that's our fantasy burner today presented by BellyUpFantasy.com. Excuse me, BellyUpFantasySports.com. And uh, excited to be partnering with Belly Up Fantasy Sports and appreciate right. all their support. 
And uh, you can always find Kevin's articles there, both football and baseball, and sometimes basketball on there as well. And uh, and then I'll be dropping weekly fantasy baseball articles as yeah, well. Get over there to that Belly Up Fantasy uh, website because we've got baseball stories coming up through the wazoo, as you mentioned, you and I, and there's some other guys that uh, are brand new. That's right. We have a family. Yeah. And uh, so there are, there are going to be stories. So you're definitely going to want to check that out multiple times per week coming up. That's right. Multiple times per week. All right. Uh, second segment of the show. Each week, we're going to bring in a guest. And we call this segment our call to the pin. Our call to the pin is right. presented by right, Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, righteous Felon. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up, supply, and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest jerky on the market. Righteous Felon offers free shipping on all orders for $50 or more. Visit RighteousJerky.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP, and you're going to get 15% off your purchase. And today, joining us in our call to the pen is a host of the Baseball and Whatever podcast, Justin Mickleway. How you doing, Justin? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Now, I try not to have... Uh, Chicago fans on too yeah, often. Yeah, we try to avoid doing that if at all. Possible. We we are we are you know rubble rousers. Uh, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I m- all my family left. They are all Wisconsinites now. I am like the only oh. one down here in Illinois still. So, uh, <laughs> and as soon as they as soon as they cross the border, they immediately jump ship in terms of the Bears, Packers. They became Packers fans and no kidding. Yeah, yeah. They're still holding out the Cubs. Uh, they haven't okay. made the jump to Brewers yet, but yeah, they. Yeah. I, you know what? I know this isn't football, so we don't need to get into it. But yeah, the Bears are, oh boy. Anyway, not, Bears are not, easier to jump ship on. Yeah. I, yeah, I've, so, yeah, so, I've yeah, contemplated myself. My brother it myself. would appreciate if we didn't talk about the Bears at all. <laughs> That's for my Wednesday episode so, with my dad. We like to trash the Bears on that episode. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> so, Justin, are you a right hander or are you a left hander? I am a right hander. Right hander. The so, right. Okay, so, when we want the right hander, we signal that way. Okay. I got you. Yep. 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 <laughs> hey, let's talk about some different things that went on this offseason. We'll get to your cubbies in just a, in a few minutes. But I want to start with some rule changes and the things that, that they've decided to make the adjustments on this year. The one I want to start with is the larger bases. Uh, me and Kevin talked about this last year when they were talking about doing this. Neither one of us really care. <laughs> so so that's why we're going to start with it, get it out of the way. Larger bases. <laughs> what impact does that have on the game, Justin? I, you know, that's a great question. I honestly, I think I have to fall into camp with you guys. I, I heard this rule change. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I think it's one of those things when you're on t- watching it on TV, I don't even think you're going to notice. Uh, you know, if I'm sitting in the bleachers at Wrigley or if I go up to. Which I have done that, by the way, Justin. I've been in, 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 in Wrigley Field. It's not too bad. I'm, I'm, it's I'm getting a great experience. You I'm getting get... up there in age though, because now my back hurts when I sit there. But uh, or, oh, okay. or, or if I'm sitting okay. at, um, I'm with you. I'm with I know, you. I know it's not Miller Park anymore, but if I'm sitting up there because I do frequent games up there, visiting family. But I mean, I guess maybe you'll notice it a little bit, but I it doesn't bother me one bit. You know, I've seen on Twitter that there's some diehards that are really, really putting up a fight about this one. But I just I don't have the energy. I feel like there's. Yeah. There, there's other places you can direct that um, that energy towards with things that might be wrong with the game of baseball, 
bases aren't one of them. Um, you know, heck, throw out the orange base at first if you want to reduce injuries running. I go. don't care. Um, but yeah, it's I don't think it'll be that big of a deal for sure. Yeah, I just think it's mostly so the first baseman doesn't get spiked. Exactly. And exactly. it might add a steal or two to some guys' total, but other than that, it's it's no impact to fantasy or real baseball for that mm-hmm. man. That's yeah. a good point, Kev. Honestly, you know, I just keep thinking over the it just really doesn't matter aspect of this, but you're right, stolen bases could be impacted by that. Right. Not you know, all it could take is just this little bitty so you're safe or you're out. Yeah. Yeah, And so, you know, this is not the area of stolen bases in the first Mm -hmm. place. And I do suspect, especially if the role we're going to talk about later, I'm sure, is going to kick stolen bases up throughout baseball this year. But we're not going to see 70, 80, 90, you know, Ricky Henderson type stuff. We're never going to see that again. No, and yeah. is, is somebody who I literally am about one chapter left in the new Ricky uh, Henderson book that came out. I want to say it was last year. Reading all about stolen bases again, it kind of me, it kind of made me a little nostalgic for like that, you yeah, know, late eighties, mid nineties, yeah. like especially yeah. in the nineties yeah. when yeah. I grew up watching baseball. And guys like that, yeah, who, yeah, they so would if, routinely steal 70, 80 bases. Each. So if that comes back as a result of this, I'm all for that as well, for sure. So, but it's not because of the larger bases that mm-hmm. stolen bases are going to come up. There's yeah, another right. rule that will affect that <laughs> more. Let's let's get into the shift, all right? Because this is going to be the biggest thing. We'll get to the pitcher clock in a minute, but I think the shift is the biggest thing this year. So with the rules, it's four infielders must be within the outer boundary of the infield when the pitcher's on the rubber. Uh, infielders may not switch sides. In other words, this is according to MLB.com. In other words, a team cannot reposition its best defender on the side of the infield. The batter is more likely to hit the ball, which isn't technically true. They can move their best defender over there. They just got to shift the other guy over to Mm -hmm. anyways. If the infielders are not aligned properly at the time of the pitch, the offense can choose an automatic ball or the result of the play. And this rule does not preclude a team from positioning an outfielder in the infield or in shallow outfield grass in certain situations, but it does prohibit four outfielder alignments, which is something that Kevin talked about just a minute ago as well. So Justin, me and Kevin have talked about the shift now for, I think, two years. (laughs) It's it's a two-year conversation, so maybe we can get some fresh perspective in on this. Yeah, so Justin, start with, were you against the shift? And then what do you think about the impact of the new rules? So I feel like I have a really weird take on this for the longest time since, you know, the shift really, I mean, I guess the shift's been around forever, but when Joe Madden started really using it with Tampa, I feel like that's when I really paid attention. And for the first like decade, decade and a half, it was always, well, you know, these guys just need to learn to hit opposite field. That's it. Just learn, learn, learn to hit opposite field. You can get past that. And then you, you look back 10, 15 years. Well, those guys either never learned to hit opposite field or they couldn't hit opposite field or they just didn't care enough to learn. And so finally, I'm at the point where it's like, all right, great. You know what? Let's bring back where there's no more shifting. We'll see some more offense. Now, I would also argue that goes against Rob Manford and pace of play because that's going to make games longer, which, you know, I don't know where you want to go with that. But I finally, this last year, I kind of made the jump where I'm like, all right, bring it back. Let's let's just go back to how things used to be where it wasn't so predominant. Um, I do think being able to keep the infielders on the baseball diamond itself, not being able to go out in the outfield, I think is an interesting touch. I, I, it's weird for me to say that I'm glad that they made this rule because 10 years ago I would have said, no, that's stupid. Why would you... Why would you even give them that opportunity? They need to learn how to hit, and clearly they never did. So right. bring it back. So, yeah, so yeah. There, are, there are no more Tony Gwynns left no. in Major League Baseball because he hit 800 mm-hmm. against the shift. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. It's and, and it's like you said, it's similar like bringing up Tony Gwynn. He was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, you know, I'm kind of excited to see a little bit of an emphasis on line drives and ground balls again, maybe. Um, I I get launch angle, I understand it, but I'm so Yeah, over I'm that. so sick of hearing launch angle, I can't begin to tell I just you. I don't know, and, and again, this is me, you know, growing up playing in little league in high school, and it was just like, you know what? put the good part of the bat on the ball and uh, good things will happen. You know, I never cared about launch angle, but I get why these guys do, but no, I'm, I'm all in favor of it, which is again, really weird to say, but I think it'll, it'll make for some fun offensive games, which uh, having more active moments in the baseball game in between or during the innings, I think is going to be very helpful for the fan bases as well. Hopefully. Yeah, and we'll see an uptick in singles this year. We're not probably not going to see a great uptick in doubles and triples and things like that necessarily. I wonder how often we're going to see the outfield shift, though. With the outfield still being able to move around, you can still shift an outfielder you know, to play that short right field area and shift the other one over behind them and those kinds of things and shift the left field all the way over to center field if you want to which would still kind of do the same thing the infield shift was doing, mm-hmm. uh, but it'll leave a massive gap in the outfield. And so, I, you know. All you I'm have to do is see... hit a line drive the other way, and you're automatically standing on second base. Yeah. Second base, yeah. yeah. And I'm interested to see if we, if the managers kind of try to play around with that a little bit, how quickly we see it, how long it lasts, those kinds of things as well. Because I hate, again, being a Brewers fan, I'll sit there and watch a game, and you see this hard-hit shot that gets through the gap on the infield, and you're like, yes, and then all of a sudden there's a guy standing there 30 yeah. feet back, and you're like, oh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's – you know, it's – it's uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'll be curious to see how much of a, of a change it, it affects just in terms of offense, and I I said, what the heck, let's, let's do it because – yeah, baseball can be boring at times, unfortunately, yeah. and that's that's somebody even as somebody who loves baseball, it's like all right, let's let's get some more offense in there. So I say I, I welcome it at this point. Sure, yeah, I'm excited to see too because managers have done a good job with getting creative. We've seen it in the mm-hmm. bullpen, uh, we've seen it in the lineups, we've seen it in in the shifts and all that kind of stuff. So I'm curious to see what at some point early in the season a manager is going to do something with an outfield that we're going to go oh my goodness mm-hmm. well that didn't really change anything when it comes to the banning the shift well they're doing this now so it's the same thing i'm interested to see how that how that shakes out uh you talked about pace of play they're, they're putting the pitch timer in they've been doing this in minor league baseball all these rules have been in minor league baseball at some point um the pitch this is an interesting one though i think we look at the pitch count so the pitcher must begin his motions uh, to deliver the pitch before the expiration of the timer, which is 30 seconds between batters, 15 seconds with excuse me, 15 seconds with bases empty, and 20 seconds with a runner on base. If the pitcher violates the timer, it's an automatic ball. If the batter violates the timer, it's an automatic strike, which is interesting. Uh, batters have to be in the box uh, and alert to the pitcher by eight seconds, uh, eight second mark into the clock or else they're going to be charged with an automatic strike, um, which is going to be interesting to see how that one goes. Uh, with runners on bases, the timer resets if the pitcher attempts a pickoff uh, or steps off the rubber. He's allowed to, uh, let's see here, two, two pickoff moves on the third one. Uh, if it's successful, all is fine. If it's not successful, an automatic walk, uh, or excuse me, automatic base. Oh to the guy that's on on base there. Mound visits, injury timeouts, and offensive team timeouts do not count as disengagements. And if a team has used up all five of its allotted mound visits prior to the ninth inning, 
That team will receive an additional mound visit in the ninth inning, which is intriguing. And umpires may provide extra time if warranted by special circumstances. All right, Angel Hernandez, what are we going to do this time? Um, so, so I like the idea so, generally. The circumstances mean when they're over there checking out the dude's belt and stuff? Sure, yeah, when they're fondling his hands or something like that. Um, <laughs> I... I like the idea of this, and I know they've done it in minor leagues, so they've got some practice with it and things like that. I just get worried that we're going to get into some weird stuff here with the with the umpires, because you know these umpires these days and things like that. But uh, Justin, let's start with you on the on the pitch timer. What do you like about it? What do you dislike about it? Uh, you know, anything that kind of speeds up the pace of play, generally I'm in favor for. I mean, I'm not a White Sox fan by any means, but I remember watching White Sox games and having Mark Burley pitch in like a two and a half hour game yeah. was wonderful to watch. Like as much as I love baseball, a quick two hour, 25, two, 230. Yeah. Greg Maddox was the same. Yes. Way. Especially when, yeah, even when he made his second comeback with the Cubs, it was, it was great. I loved it. So in that regard, I think I'm in favor of it. Um, I think in a couple of years, you're probably, you know, the pitchers coming up through the systems now, it's not going to be as big of a deal because it's been kind of building in the minor leagues. They've been kind of working this in. So I think five, six years, you might not even, this might not even be something that pitchers are worried about. Now, if I'm a pitcher who is notorious for taking my time and slowing down the game, I'm pretty nervous. And especially yeah. when you work in some of these specifics of, well, you can only throw over to first this many times. And then, you know, if it, if you don't pick the guy off, well, then he's getting a base. That's the only spot where I feel like, oh man, I could see some gamesmanship here where things could get messy really easily. Um, but just as a fan, like I'm in favor of that too, um, in terms of just speeding up the game a little bit, if it does. Now the, yeah. the shift thing might completely counterbalance that. I don't know. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I say give it a shot. I'm excited for it. Kev, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I don't know how many times I've watched a game where you're sitting there and the pitcher is standing there facing the batter where it seems like it's like three minutes. Yeah. And you're like saying to the TV, and I know I've done it, you guys have probably done the same thing, throw the ball. And so for that, I think that's going to be a good thing. And I think they're going to start this in spring training, obviously. So I don't think it's going to take quite that long for these guys, even the, the ones that have been in the majors for a while now. They'll adjust to this. And so I think this is a very good thing that uh, – I forget his name, but uh, back in the – I guess it was the 70s, you had a guy was – his name was – the his nickname was the Human Rain Delay. And then he'd get into the box and step out, and he'd do his gloves and all this and that, and it would take him five minutes to bat. But we don't have anything like that going on anymore a guy gets in the box the pitcher throws it he hits it and we're you know off to the races and so i think that's a very good thing uh this thing about only being able to throw over to first twice and then the third time if you don't get them it's an automatic base that's where the stolen bases are going to go they, they they possibly can't go anywhere but up because you're going to have a guy. Let's say you throw over there two times. You could you could lead up, you know, go halfway to second base, practically, and not have to worry about getting thrown out. And so we're, that's where you're going to see your stolen base guys like Trey Turner and guys like that. Their stolen bases are going to go up. Like I don't like I said, I don't, I'm, we're not going to see any Ricky Henderson type stuff. But maybe we could see a guy steal sixty, maybe. And so. Uh, 
that I think is a good thing. That's the kind of thing that pitchers are going to have to get used to because they're used to throwing over there and throwing over there and everybody's booing throughout the whole stadium. And so, uh, so you throw over there twice. Now the, 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 you know, it's really on you to, you know, make sure you get the, the play. And so, cause he could steal and now you got a gun second and the dude's still at the plate. So, yeah, in the minor leagues, 2019, when they first implemented this pitch clock, uh, steal attempts were up 68%. Success rate was up 68%. In 2022, it bumped up to 77% in steal success rates. Um, and uh, so you see that those kind of numbers go up. There's, We'll talk about this in a later segment, but the fantasy value of steals, guys, is going to go up. Especially, especially in, in our league, it's a points league, and yeah. a stolen base is a point yeah and so that is gonna you're gonna have to really weigh that in to some of these guys that you're gonna be looking at and so if yeah look at uh, Aaron Judge right he had what was it 16 steals I think it was and so if he's stealing 16 bases without this shift who knows how many of these guys are gonna be taken out there and so uh yeah Stolen bases are something you're and, and cats leagues, which I don't really know as much about that, but uh, stolen bases is always you know the category that you have to feel because there aren't guys that are doing it. There's yeah. you know, and so that's why I was reading that Trey Turner might be the number one pick in a cats league, and that's about the only place I could see that. And uh, yeah. so yeah, so stolen bases are going to be a major major fantasy baseball consideration going forward. Yeah, your category leagues, your steals and your saves are the two categories. Everybody's right. trying to find some somewhere. And right. uh, when you're going on the waiver wire and stuff like that, that's, those are the categories you're looking for because all the other categories are taken. So you're like looking for that right. guy. So, you know, the hitters are pretty much doing the same thing. So yeah. you don't have to worry about that. So, But the steals and, like you said, and the saves is something that, uh, you know, You've played, you know, fantasy baseball with me. You know my philosophy is I don't care about relief pitchers pretty much. Yeah. And so in the Cats League, you cannot have that attitude. Yeah. And uh, well, I've learned Kevin doesn't care about anybody. He'll drop anybody. <laughs> He's not tied to anybody. I love it. That's where I got all my roster last he, year. He did. So he just Kevin. followed behind me, kind of like yeah. the guy that, you know, the Zamboni on the ice, and he right. just follows up and gathers everything up on the ice. That was Kev, events a year Kevin ago. He loses patience with the guy and drops him. I go pick him up and hold on to him until he picks things up three weeks later. <laughs> that's right. You know, the, uh, I remember Josh Hader is a guy that specifically yes. comes to mind because yeah. I was like, oh, the heck with this guy. And dropped him, and 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 Vince said, "Oh, I'm not going to pick him up." Then all of a sudden, one week later, he's on Vince's team. So I'm like, "Okay, right. I take me to the championship right game. here." So. <laughs> uh, the human rain delay, Mike Hargrove. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, looks like he was with the uh, he's with the Guardians now. Actually, played for the Rangers and the Padres and the Indians, and uh, he was actually a batter though. He would go in and out yeah. of the. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. He was a batter, yeah. and he put his gloves on and. And yeah, have to step adjust, out, step in. Yeah, his foot, you know, foot and stuff like that. And he was called the human rain delay. I remember that. I didn't remember his name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so there will be no more of that going on in the league. So, up all right. Here. Let's talk about a rule that's not to the majors yet, but it's in AAA now. And that is the robot umpires. Uh, balls and strikes being called by robot umpires. 
And uh, I, you know, I talked with a San Francisco Giants utility player. This has been two years ago, I think now. And I asked him, hey, what do you think about the idea of, of the balls and strikes being called by a computer? And he said, honestly, it could save my career. And he said, the guys that are on the fringe, they get, they get for lack of a better term, screwed, right. by, screwed by umpires. Um, if an umpire decides to call a, 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 a ball a strike, he said, I get one opportunity. And if I don't do well, I get sent down. I may not ever get another opportunity again. As Kelby Tomlinson, again, spent some time with the Giants. And uh, and that's that kind of changed my mindset on this, where I said, you know what? I think it is a good thing. I like the idea of human error. But that being said, when you start to know the umpires' names, that's a problem. And we know a couple of them. So, Justin, yeah. uh, robot umpires, uh, how do you feel about them? How long do they get to the major league uh, level, and good or bad? Uh, I'm going to go yay on this one, too. Man, I feel like I'm such a progressive uh, MLB <laughs> fan here by all these things. I'm okay with all of them. You know, I never would have thought that 10 years ago. Um, yeah, I'm, I think you nailed it. You know, the more Angel Hernandez is that, that you start to learn their names. Um, it, it kind of makes me think, yeah, I, okay. You know, let's, let's, let's at least try it. Let's see what yeah. the technology is. Now, if the technology is awful, you're going to find that out very quickly. And, you know, if you have to do a mea culpa and be like, all right, get rid of it. Um, I, I get it, but yeah, I, it, your 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 mention of of the you know the guy that's on the fringe trying to make it and not getting those calls, it reminds me of like you know in the NBA in the nineties you know Michael getting calls with you know maybe not necessarily traveling but kind of traveling it it's kind of like you're not getting the outside of the plate but the guy that's been pitching for fifteen years well he's going to get the benefit of the doubt right and yeah. whether or not that's right or wrong I could do a whole discussion on that too but. If that's the case, this kind of at least makes it a little bit more of an even playing field for everybody across the board. Um, I mean, you still need you still need the human up back there for plays at the plate. And then, you know, I've, we've talked about it on our show, too. If you want to appease the the ML or I'm sorry, not the MLB union, but the the umpire union, make it mandatory that you have a left field ump and a right field ump every game as opposed to just the players, because then you're at least providing two more jobs for that union. So, I mean, that that's kind of been my stance on it, but I'm definitely willing to give it a shot. I'd say I feel like we're on a we're on like a collision course. It's coming at some point. I, right. I would say this decade it'll be here. At some point this decade would be my best guess. So we're running out of time. We got to get to our rankings, but I want to cover the Cubs and me and Kev. We'll, Kev, we'll talk about this another another day. We got plenty of plenty of plenty of days to talk about these rules, uh, but I do want to get to the Cubs. There's been a ton of, of great free agent signings throughout the year, different things. The Cubs looked like they were sellers. They were sellers. Got rid of they a lot were. of people. And then all of a sudden this year, Dansby Swanson, Trey Mancini, Cody Bellinger all come in. Uh, you know, and Cody Bellinger is one of those guys where just a couple of years ago was MVP candidate, and now he was the MVP. He was MVP. It's right. And now it's like, okay, I mean, why not take a shot on him? Right? I love, and I hate the Cubs. <laughs> I love what the Cubs did this year, especially on that defensive slash offensive mm-hmm. side of things. Uh, the pitchers, okay, whatever. Jameson Taylor, yeah. whatever. But the bringing in Mancini, Swanson, and Bellinger was a really good pick, as I thought. You've got to be excited, right, as a Cubs fan? I am genuinely probably the most excited I've been for spring training in like a good three or four seasons because yeah. after t- 2016 was, I mean, amazing. I don't need to relive all that. but And then you just kind of saw this decline where, you know, these guys that everyone had brought up, everyone was excited for, they weren't really able to reach that standard again, or and none of them were all good at the same time. 
So last uh, last season when they got rid of the core, it took some time to get used to. But like now, I'm fine. I'm over it. Like the the X the X break the breakup is ended. I don't need to see the X's <laughs> anymore. I know people in Chicago were calling for Rizzo to come back. I'm like, nope. We made that break. We don't need to. Yeah. You know, we don't need to have him come back. Um, I'm genuinely excited. I think Dansby. It's funny because when the first three shortstops came off the board, there was ready to be like pitchforks in uh, in in <laughs> torches at Wrigley uh, coming for um, our G our GM who who no one uh, Carter Hawkins no one ever really realizes he's the GM everyone still thinks it's Shed Hoyer and and then the Ricketts family and everything but um, and then they got Dansby and and Dansby was pretty low on a lot of Chicago media in terms of like the, that fourth shortstop. But like you said, with the defensive side of taking him, putting him at short, moving Nico to second, which is Nico was incredible last year at shortstop, and then having Cody Bellinger play center, like if we're going to do the shift thing and it's going to stick around, uh, defensively, that's exciting. Pitching, I think you nailed it. Tyon is okay. You know, Hendricks, he was at the Cubs convention last month saying he was hoping to be ready by May. And then there was an article, I want to say it was either the Players Tribune or the Athletic, and it's like he... He might not make it back at all this season. Like it, it's a toss up. So um, I think they're going to need more there. They do have some exciting, not quite prospect guys anymore, but they got some exciting guys that are ready to come up and take the lead. And ultimately, I'm just genuinely excited. Uh, I think it would have been great to see Jose Abreu at first instead of Eric Hosmer. But I mean, Eric Hosmer, if he plays, yeah, like don't he had don't been be playing, putting a whole lot of uh, ducats on Eric Hosmer. No, and, and thankfully, he, his contract is—I think he's league minimum right now for with what the Cubs are paying him. I should say, if it doesn't work out, you just dump him. There's yeah. there's no reason. And then you got Trey Mancini right there, which I was re- I'm really a big fan of him, uh, even when he was an Oriole. So genuinely excitement. Um, now talk to me come mid June if they're in like <laughs> third in the division and the Brewers and Cardinals are above them then yeah. then I might you know the sky is falling but uh, as of right now things are great so yeah and Mancini's a guy I thought Milwaukee could get and mm-hmm. they didn't um and I, I like what Milwaukee did that's a whole another conversation a whole another day but the Cubs made some massive improvements very very quickly this year <clears throat> and I think they're going to be back back in the conversation at the very least the uh, sure. Cardinals are a really strong team Milwaukee should be a strong team yep. Um, and the Cubs are now back in that conversation as well. Uh, again, we're running short on time. We got to get to our fantasy stuff. Uh, but Justin, again, he's a host of Baseball and Whatever podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Baseball and What. And you can find uh, Justin on Twitter at JS underscore MC2. As if you're watching, you can see it there on the screen. Justin, tell us uh, quickly kind of about your show because it's definitely more than baseball. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's me and my. it was my two other brother-in-laws. One of them's taking a little mini, uh, mini sabbatical because he just had his third child. So it's me and one of my brother-in-laws and uh, we just love baseball. We'd get together at family parties and be talking and it's like, you know what, should we, you think people would listen to us? And it's like, no, probably not, but we'll try it anyway. Uh, and then when it wasn't just our family and our wives, you know, pity listening. Um, yeah. And thank, thanks to the awesome people at Belly Up to kind of help spread it. Uh kind of caught on but you know we do baseball mostly Chicago sports and then the second half we do pop culture and and rankings and things like that just because we know Chicago sports can be really depressing like it is right now uh I can't even go into all the reasons there's not enough time to talk about why Chicago sports are depressing so we always joke even if you hate sports or you're you don't want to hear about Chicago we don't need to do that right now no you got the second half you know we'll talk movies tv um video games uh athletes we grew up with you know the glory days of our youth and stuff like that so if that sounds interesting uh yeah check it out baseball and whatever podcast found wherever you get your podcasts as well justin this has been a blast we're gonna check in with you 
We're going to check in with you as the season goes on, especially if uh, the Brewers are beating the Cubs. We'll definitely check back in with you. Which, or if, I don't or know if you saw this. Seen... I'm sure you did. That the very first series of the season. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Brewers Cubs. It's on my calendar. And so, whatever team Kevin's cheering not, for this no, week, we never know. It's Dodgers, game. Mariners, Rangers. We never know who Kevin's cheering for. But no, I'm just kidding. He's he's a he's, he's a Dodgers fan. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll check we'll check back in. Justin, hey man, thanks for spending some time with us. Really do appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. All right, thanks guys. Take it easy. Yeah, I'll All see right. you. All right. All right, Kev, let's get into our last segment of the day. We've been waiting for it. It's the Fantasy Focus segment. Fantasy Focus is presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com. Not just fantasy baseball, fantasy football, fantasy hockey, fantasy basketball. It's all there. Articles, advice, opinions, all sitting there for you. BellyUpFantasySports.com. Make sure you check them out. You can get them on social media as well at Belly Up Fantasy. All right, Kev, uh, we're going to get right into rankings uh, right off it. the bat. Now, next week, we'll not have a show next week because there's some event going there's, there's, on in Arizona. Yeah, it's some kind of sporting event, I guess. And Yeah, something. You know, a few happening. people are going to tune into it. So, sure, you know. sure, sure. And we don't have the commercials to compete with it. So, uh, That's so, right. <laughs> so we're, we will not have a show next week, but we'll get right back into it the following week with, with more guests. Another guest uh, with more rankings and everything like that as well. But today we're talking catchers, top 10 catchers. And this is an interesting uh, position uh, because I feel like the top is so good. And then there's a fairly big drop off pretty quick here. So we're going to start with Kevin's. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Kevin's rankings. So I'm going to read through them real quick, Kev, then we'll talk about them. So Kevin's got JT Ramudo number one, Dalton Varsho number two, Will Smith third, Richmond fourth, Salvador Perez number five, Alejandro Kirk number six, Wilson Contreras made the move to St. Louis number seven, Sean Murphy made the move to Atlanta number eight, MJ Melendez who we'll spend plenty of time talking about this year, and then William Contreras, the brother of Wilson in Milwaukee this year at number 10. So it seems like last year everybody tried to talk me out of Real Muto. And I ended up with him in two leagues and absolutely was ecstatic that I did. Yeah, you uh, had to have been. Yeah. Because I was rather surprised, Vince, when I was looking. Because each year you think that Real Muto is going to, you know, start the, 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 the climb. climb. Yeah. Right? Right? But it didn't happen last year. Didn't happen at all. And so when you look at his numbers, and the thing that really stands out, and you know, we're talking about stolen bases a minute ago, he had 21 steals. Yeah, a year ago, and so he had. He's got home runs. He had twenty-two. He has eighty-four RBIs. What else more could you possibly want from your catcher? Yeah. And so, and this is the key, though. He played one hundred and thirty-nine games. Hmm. And so, when you're talking about the catching position, if you get your catcher in there in your lineup three, four days a week, then that's all about the more you can expect. Yeah. Out of most catchers. So 139 games. That means he missed only what 22, 23 games. So he's a guy that you could put in your lineup and he'll be there. Yeah. Just about every every day. So far and away to me, Real Muto is number one. Yeah. And then your number two guy has that potential. We just got to see it first, right? Dalton Varsho. He's right? he got yeah. traded to Toronto. Which um you've got two Two Blue Jays on your list. Yeah. And so, 
I felt like I was telling you just before we went on air. I feel kind of like I'm cheating. Yeah. Because <laughs> Dalton Barstow may not even get a game behind yeah. the plate this year. Not a single game. And so he will not have catcher eligibility next year, but we're not worried about that at all. Right. And, but he does year. have it this year. And he's in a much better hitting lineup than he was with Arizona. And so even though – and he's left-handed, okay? And we just talked about that a little bit ago. He played 151 games. Hmm. So he's going to be in the lineup. He's going to be in the outfield and in DH for the Blue Jays. So he's the guy that last year was a terrific value. I had him on one of my fantasy teams. And he's not going to be – nearly as good of it he's going to be you know a great catch and you know give you the stats and everything but he's not going to be a value like he was a year ago you're going to have to spend some capital to get him and so but toronto left-handed batter and all these guys are right-handed pretty much for toronto that's going to slot right in for him so i think that we're going to see some great things out of var show this year and you can take advantage of that as a catcher and let let me be you know the guilty one you just go ahead and do it and and don't <laughs> even worry about on. it one iota you know <laughs> I'll, I'll carry the guilty flag for everybody right here yeah and then i mean let's get down to number six alejandro kirk again another toronto guy he'll probably get right. more time at catcher than varsho uh a Absolutely. lot more time at catcher right um, he's another guy 139 games just like yeah. real muto so yeah. he's going to be in the lineup and so when you look at this, uh, he had a 372 on base percentage, which is excellent. And uh, not quite the home run hitter. Some of these other guys that we talked about are. But uh, he's a guy that you can get lower in the draft and feel pretty good about it. I mean, Will Smith with the Dodgers has been relatively consistent. Um, you've got him there at number three. I actually have him at number four. Uh, yeah. But uh, same area, same slot and everything like that for the most part. Um, and then Adley Rutschman, he's the new guy, right? He came in last yeah. year. Yep. I was late to the party on him a year ago. And, uh, but when he came up to the major leagues and, uh, let's see, uh, let's see, he came up and he had 13 home runs. He scored 70, had 101 hits and 113 games. Hmm. So he started off a little slow, but then once he started hitting that ball, he was in the lineup every day. I expect him to be in the lineup. And if he's not, he'll be at the DH slot. So he'll be in the lineup quite a bit. So Adley Rushman is a guy that you can be pretty excited about. The biggest difference in our rankings is Salvador Perez. You've got him at five. I have him at 10. Um, Perez, what worries me about him is age. Uh, Does that concern you at all? Factor, no question. Yeah. And so, uh, because he is 32, which, you know, behind the plate might be 38. Sure. So, but um, when you look at this, all right, if you can get something, because the year before he played 161 games, he missed one game all year because he also played DH. And so don't expect any more 48 home runs, 121 RBIs out of him. But it's not out of the realm of possibility to get 30 home runs from him. And so that's why I have him at number five. I think he's going to be in the lineup uh, or at DH just about every day. And so they might rest him a little bit because they've got Melendez later down in our on my list. But uh, yeah. I think that I would not expend the capital at the place where you'd have to probably do it to get him. But right. if you're look, 
looking for a catcher, and maybe he's, he falls a little bit in the draft because people are concerned about his health. If that happens, go ahead and get him. He is, let's see here, uh, Fantasy Pros has him as the number four catcher. Uh, there's a few different people that have him. Most of them have him around that five or six range. Um, well, he's at number four in a couple different spots too. So he's going to be in that middle catcher range of top 10 stuff. Um, he just, I don't know. He scares me. His age scares me a lot. Of course, Real Muto is old too. He's 32 also, but he just looks different. He plays different. He does I guess. look different, right? Yeah. And he has not had the injury history. Right. Well, of and course, not like in Kansas City. You can make the argument Perez didn't have any injury history either until last year, but. Yeah, uh, but well, you're also talking about the, any injury history. None. The lineup in Philadelphia is a lot tougher than the lineup in KC. Yeah, you got that right. So, you yeah. know, you're hitting around all these mashers yeah. over there in Philadelphia. So you're going to put some stats together. But like I said, you're going to have to spend maybe a third round pick right. on him to get him. And I don't think I'm willing to drop that much of a capital on a catcher. No way. Um, the Contreras brothers. I love the move for Wilson Contreras to St. Louis. I think that's a huge boost for him. I actually have him number five on my list. Um, and then William Contreras in Milwaukee. Catchers have done really well in Milwaukee, and I am a Milwaukee homer. There's no doubt about that. I have high hopes for William Contreras. Looking at what was done the last couple of years, Omar Narvaez had some really good years in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, so there's Absolutely. there's Plus opportunity only 25. There. Yes. Yeah. So you talk about a guy who has all kinds of potential mm-hmm. and has already made an Arsenal team, all-star team. The dude's 25 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So um, young guys we like, MJ Melendez. Both of us yeah. are in on him. Absolutely. I've got him slightly higher. I've got him at seven on my list. You've got him at nine. I could, but you, you told could me argue before me you into love that him. seven slot. You really sure. could. Yeah. And he, he's my favorite catcher. I had him in our league. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you're not going to get him off the free you know, off the waiver wire. Ain't happening right. this year. Right. That's where I got him a year ago, <laughs> and um, but he came up and because you know Perez was hurt, but yeah. then when Perez came back to the team, then Melendez just went. You know he played in the outfield. He played at DH, and so uh, he's 24, mm-hmm. and um. You don't have to worry about him ruining his knees because he's not going to catch many games back there. He'll probably still carry that catcher eligibility. He'll have enough games for next year. But uh, like I said, we're not worried about that at all at this point. But he is 24, and um, he batted leadoff. Now, how many catchers do you know bat leadoff? Okay, 64 times. He has a 12.4% baseball, you know, uh, of walk rate. Okay. Uh-huh. Which, when you're talking about a rookie, which he was a year ago, that is phenomenal. And, yeah. you know, you got guys that, that strike out 38% of the time now and stuff like that. They have a guy, and they still put him in the leadoff. That's, a, you know, something we could discuss one day. <laughs> Why are you putting a guy that strikes out three times a game in your leadoff <laughs> spot? But, uh, yeah. You don't have that worry with Melendez. He'll Definitely. get you on base. And so, and, and Kansas City's lineup is not as good as Philly, but it's it, they've got some quality bats yep. and young bats. Yep. And I won't try and pronounce Vinny, whatever that guy's name is, <laughs> the first baseman. I yep. won't I won't mash up his name. All right, but they got Wit over there as well, so they've got a decent hitting line and Perez. And so he's got some opportunities if he bats leadoff. 
yeah. more times this year. I'm glad you said that. I forgot I was going to mention this at the beginning of the show. Uh, to go ahead and apologize up front, at some point throughout this year, I'm going to mispronounce several people's names. Right. Um, Lisa, I do Lisa's more reading of names. Right. I do more so. reading of names than listening to names. So I'm going to mispronounce names and you're going to say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I promise I'm reading it, not, not hearing it. So that makes it harder. I will mispronounce names. Just yeah. bear with me and forgive me. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's like I said, Vinny, uh, it starts with a P. All right. That's yes. Pesca, Pesca, Pesquantino, I think. Okay. Something like that. All right. I'll buy it. hundred percent. I'll buy it. <laughs> Uh, we both have the guy at number eight, Sean Murphy. Anytime you get out of Oakland, uh, you're going to have a better year. He's in Atlanta yeah. now. He's a yep. good catcher. Um, yeah, Sean Murphy is the guy that you could have got off the waiver wire a year ago. It's not happening yeah. this year either. He's a guy that came on and off my roster in different leagues Me last too. year. Me too. Because I needed a catcher at some point. And I think he's going to be a solid top 10 catcher this year. And, you know, you know, Vince, we need to mention this because I was reading – while I was doing my, my you know research on this subject, and there are certain guys who were saying, well, I'm, I'm not going to have a catcher on my team so I can address other other positions. That is cheating. That that that. Why are you playing fantasy baseball? Why? Yeah. If you're going to do that, and just so the guys that are in our league know that they were in there last year, they already know this. That is not an option. You yeah. will have a catcher on your roster, yeah. at least one, and that's all I carry is one. It's silly but, to not have. Why would you have an right? empty spot? And, and and catcher is one of the more vital positions in baseball. Yeah. And sit there and say, well, we're gonna we're gonna take the catcher off of fantasy baseball. It's like we're not gonna have a tight end. That's just silly. Yeah. We're not having that in this league. You're not serious about fantasy baseball, and you can send all the negative hate mail to me if you want to. There you see my hitter, my Twitter handle right there. Send it to me. I, okay, I can handle it. That is not the way you play fantasy baseball. There will be a catcher on a team, and so just yeah, just do it. You'd be silly not to. Now, our rankings, Kevin, we have the same 10 guys. I have a slightly different order than you. I've got Real Muto 1 also. Then I've got Richmond number 2 from Baltimore. By the way, we're going to talk a lot about Baltimore throughout the season. They've got some really interesting guys this year that it should we are. have value. Uh, Dalton Varsho, I've got a three Will Smith, four Wilson Contreras, five. That's where my cutoff is. Those five guys. If I get one of those five, I'm going to be pretty happy at the end of the day. Um, then I got Alejandro Kirk, MJ Melendez, Sean Murphy, Wilson, excuse me, William Contreras from Milwaukee. And then Salvador Perez. I couldn't keep Perez out of the top 10, but I'm afraid of him this year. <laughs> I'm not going to draft Salvador Perez. I'll tell you that right now. Now okay. I, I guess if he drops really, really low, then maybe I would. I'm going to stay away from Salvador Perez this year, but I could not, I could not talk myself into not having him in the top ten in my rankings. Everything lines up for him too. The guy that I wanted to put there that I'm not going, that I didn't put there, is the guy that I have as my sleeper, Kevin, and okay. that is Tyler Stevenson from Cincinnati. Okay, um, I, I sat there and I, I juggled him. Yeah, and I was thinking about him, and I was like, well, because he certainly has the capability of yeah. doing that. And uh, but he's going to have to show me after his injury field season a year ago yeah. that he because he's a big, strong guy. Yeah. And he's a guy that's, you know, thankfully now. Well, you know, I'm a baseball purist and I'm actually saying thankfully the DH is in baseball in the National yes. League. You yes. could have shot me full of holes before I would say that, you know, even a, even a couple years ago. 
But in fantasy baseball, it really helps you out because then you got a guy that could slide over to DH and be in your lineup. And so Stevenson is a guy that I could really get behind. And so. And he's got, um, well, right now on ESPN, he's only listed as a catcher. Um, he only had. Listed as a catcher. Okay. So the moment, that, that'll that change. Value a lot. That'll change, though. He'll pick up that DH spot. Um, I think last year he was first base eligible also. Um, I, but, that surprises me, Vince, because I thought yeah. he was. He played at first, maybe because he was hurt, and maybe he didn't get enough bats over there. Yeah, but he'll he so. should pick up another spot at some point this season. If he um, does, then then his value goes forward a lot. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at wait and see. That's my attitude. I got him written right here, Tyler <laughs> Stevenson. There you go. Who's your sleeper this year from the catcher? My position? sleeper, and this is another guy that I was late to the party on, and I haven't heard you mention him even a little bit. That's uh, Cal Raleigh yeah. of the Seattle Mariners. Okay? Yeah. My, you know, I've been to Seattle Mariners games, and they've got had a team that was exciting last year. But they had a catcher, right, who yeah. hit 27 home runs. <laughs> I was really surprised. I don't know where this guy was on the radar. Apparently nowhere. And, right. But he had 27 home runs. He had 20, 63 RBIs. But And this is where it could get – Interesting because he only had a 226 batting average on balls in play. Mm. That is remarkably low. That has to go up. Yeah. Have to. And if it does do that, then because he only hit 211. So any, if raise that to 280. Mm -hmm. All right. And then so his batting average is going to come up. And I'm not going to say he's going to hit 30 home runs, but it's certainly a possibility. And so he's a guy that you could get way later in the draft. And so I'm I'm going to have my eyes open for him. Yeah. Um, if you decide it, to wait, right, if you decide to wait on catcher and say, I'm going to fill all my other positions first, he's probably a guy you get there towards the end of the draft. That's right. And he had a 267 uh, batting average in balls and play in the year before. So it's, it, it, it can be done by him. And so he's a guy that uh, I was looking at this and I was like, Wow, so I missed out on Rushman to you <laughs> last year. And then Raleigh is a guy that we never discussed even a second. Not once. Last year. Not yeah. once. And he hit 27 home runs. Yeah. So. Yeah, see what see what comes up for him. How about bus this year? Who's but, your bust? Well, I feel, you know, kind of guilty again because <laughs> he was a bust last year. And I'm wow. talking about Yasmani Grandal. Oh, yeah. And so there is zero reason to have him on any fantasy roster. <laughs> all right. And so the dude you were talking about age, he's 34. All right. Yeah. He's uh, played in 99 and 97 games the last two years. And he hit 199 a year ago. If that's not bust written all over him, I don't know what does say that. And so I know, you know, we could ask our, our, our well, he's a Cubs guy, but uh, yeah, um, he is a guy. I want nothing to do with him whatsoever. I'll have a guy who that, you know, plays two times a week before I'd have that guy in my roster. Yeah, I agree with you. I, um, not much there. My bus this year, I, first of all, I'll say Salvador Perez is a guy that I kind of put in that category. As even if he's number 10, that drops him down a lot further than what he was. But I'm going to go Keybert Ruiz with Washington. 
He's a kid who has that name okay. that people think he's, he's a guy I was looking at. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I, I was scared. Just what you're saying, I'm scared off of him as well. Yeah, Kiebert Ruiz is the guy that I put in my bust uh, as a catcher this year. And if I'm wrong, I'll own it. But I'm okay. not. I'll I'm be right there with you on it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind. As long as I'm not wrong all the time, I don't mind admitting it every <laughs> now and then. <laughs> oh, man. Kevin, listen, we got a great year lined up. Uh, we're going to have player rankings the rest of the way out through uh, till we get to our draft. We're going to do a uh, – we have a fantasy league. It's a points league, head-to-head points league. So anytime we're doing rankings, by the way, that's what we're ranking them off of is points leagues, um, just so people are aware of that. There right. could be some slight variations. Points leagues, it's head-to-head. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk, why are you in a points league and blah, blah, blah. It's why great. are you head-to-head? And, you know, and, and, and I think for me that if you play points, that allows you to build your team your way. Yeah. If you're a guy that, 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 that values pitching, you build your team that way. If you're a guy that, you know, values hitters, you know, stolen bases, whatever it might be, you are building your team that way. So not every team is the same and teams are going head to head every week. So you kind of get an idea of, you know, which teams are, well, I don't want to emulate that guy. Right. (laughs) Kind of thing. And so that's why I'm in a points head to head league because cats leagues, every team's the same. Sure. Right. Yeah. You're, you got to fill the boxes just like everybody else. Yeah. And so every team is the same. What's, what's the fun in that? Sure. So me and Kevin, we, we co-manage the, uh, the league that we'll be talking about throughout the season. That's right. I do a categories league on a keeper league that I manage. Um, and I've been doing that now for, you got to look back eight years, maybe something like that going on for a while now. Um, and so last year was the first year I did a points league and I loved it. I thought it was I enjoyed so it much- a lot. And I heard uh, yeah. so many people talk negatively about points leagues and, yeah. oh, it's more fun doing it this way and more, but whatever points is the way to go to me because, like you know, it. yeah. So yeah, that gives you a pretty solid idea about how your own team is doing. Sure. Let alone somebody else's team. Yeah. And so, and you know, and as you mentioned, I'm a guy that turns the bottom of my roster, you know, rather aggressive, more aggressively than any other guy. Yeah. Know that yeah, in do. our league, that's me. All right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, um, so again, we're not going to, we don't have a show next week because of the Super Bowl. Uh, the following week, we'll come back. We're going to be breaking down uh, corner infield. So we'll do first base and third base. Uh, rankings on that episode. We'll bring you these rankings every single week that we're doing a show. But when we get to our draft for our league, we're going to, me and Kevin will be live during the draft, doing the draft, and we're going to bring on guys from the league throughout the throughout the draft to talk about kind of their mindset behind drafting and things like that as well. So that'll be after we're done That's with all the rankings. That's always interesting. It is. And, uh, you know, when we find out who who's going to take uh, Shane Bieber this yeah. year. On the first round, pick number yeah, three. I'm, pr- um, I'm pretty relatively safe in saying that probably not going to happen this year. Yeah, yeah. We we we've turned over just like Kevin turns over his roster. We turned over our fantasy league uh, <laughs> this year. We've we're adding four new faces to the fantasy league this year. Um, we got rid of the Marlins fan who drafted all Marlins guys, and we 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 did we did some movement on it. But uh, okay. but we'll have that, and we'll keep you up to date on our league throughout the year. Um, we'll give you ads and drops throughout the season as well. That's right. And, uh, and so you can expect there will be an article from me every single week during the season 
um, fantasy baseball. You, you, you could just go ahead and check that off on your to-do calendar. That'll be happening. And so uh, I'm jazzed up about it. You know, baseball is my thing. You know, I write ba- you know, football, you know, and all that other stuff. And But baseball is my first love. And, you know, we could talk about how boring it is or whatever else, but <laughs> it is my game. I watch – I'm Jeff. I watch a lot of football, but I watch a lot of baseball too, and I'm with you on that. You can always find Kevin's articles at bellyupfantasysports.com. And again, he puts them out every single week uh, as we get into the season, especially. And uh, I'm planning on getting my catcher rankings up. Uh, hopefully, tomorrow we'll see. I'm in the middle of basketball season coaching high school basketball. So we'll see if I got the time to do that. But we'll get, we're going to work on getting some of that stuff up as well. But all season long, you're going to find fantasy baseball articles, not just from me and Kevin. We got other staff writers as well at bellyupfantasysports.com. Right. We'll There's try to get those guys on the show. That you can look forward to. Yeah. Um, maybe you remember his name, the one that has talked about uh, Tyler Molly, if I'm pronouncing yeah, um, Oh, no. That, I wish you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> if I'm, I got to look up his name. He's new. He's brand new. Um, yeah, brand, that's his first article that yeah. has ever been produced in Belly Up Fantasy Sports. And uh, he decided to write about Tyler Molly, so that's an interesting selection. And so you know he's going to be bringing some interesting factoids to light if that's his yeah. first article. Ian Lemersall. Uh, apologize, okay. Ian, for forgetting yeah, your name. Yeah, apologize to you, Ian, <laughs> that uh, I blanked on your name right there. <clears throat> Relatively positive that won't happen because that first article, you mean business, so. Yeah, lots of good stuff from there. Kevin, you can always find him on Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. So it's Kevin Wilson and the Seattle there at the end. <laughs> Kevin62WILSEA. Uh, we'll talk about your Broncos. Uh, well, you're not a Broncos fan, but uh, your yeah. Russell Wilson uh, takes another day as well. Um, but uh, Kevin's going to be on with us ideally every episode. There may be a one or two where he can't make it because of work or whatnot, but uh, Kevin's going to be with that us is pretty the plan much at this point in time. Yeah. And we'll have another guest, a third guest on every week as well. And we'll have some national guys. We'll have some belly up fantasy guys, uh, some other podcast hosts and things like that along the way. But this season we're presented by belly up fantasy. So go visit belly up And okay. we're also partnered with righteous felon jerky. And I had some righteous felon jerky the other day. I had two different flavors plus some of the beef sticks. Loved the beef sticks, by the way. But you go to RighteousFelon.com, use the code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15%, excuse me, off your purchase. They're RighteousFelon.com. Use that code BELLYUP, 15% off your purchase. And it really is a great textured jerky. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, so looking forward. I still have to try some other flavors. Hello, Righteous Felon. Uh, but, yeah, um, so, yeah, so you know, <laughs> you know, if you want to send some stuff over to us, don't be shy yeah. about it. Yeah. Just know that uh, me and uh, I can't do the, the, the spicy, put me in the ground kind of thing. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, if you missed any, matter. so me and spicy yeah. do not go. Doesn't work. That, Doesn't work. That, yeah, that does not work. So. Man, we're ending on a high note, Kev. That's uh, right. I know. <laughs> that's all you're going to get this year. That's it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, listen, if you missed any part of the live show, you can go back and listen uh, wherever podcasts are found. Just look up the Sports Stove Podcast. It'll be within those episodes. I do host the Sports Stove Podcast, which comes out every Wednesday night live. Me and my dad talking sports. 
I host the Sports Stove Local Hour, which covers Eastern Kentucky University sports. And then we've got the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show now under that umbrella as well every Sunday night live, 8 o'clock. And then available again, the audio version will be available wherever you get your podcast as well. Right. We're live on YouTube, Sports Stove YouTube, and Belly Up Fantasy's Facebook page is where we're live and, uh, at. I, I'm on, of course, on the, uh, the Belly Up Fantasy Live football right. Sunday preview is at uh, 10 o'clock central. So uh, I know that Eastern time is where time began or whatever, but uh, <laughs> it's every Sunday. And yeah, then I'm part of the uh, Belly Up uh, Sunday Super Bowl Super Show next week. So those are two shows to look forward to next week. One's at 11 Eastern, and I believe that the uh, Super Shows is at 3 Eastern, 2 Central my time, something, you know, somewhere in there. But uh, so next Sunday, Super Bowl, you definitely want to join and check us out and check out the Super Show. And and, and TSS Fantasy is going to have something going on that Sunday morning. So it's wall-to-wall football. So <laughs> tell your eyes bleed. So And then after that's done, after that, it's all baseball. Except stage left. That's get right. Off stage, get off. <laughs> Brett Favre, you know, and all of, you know, what he's had going down in Mississippi, and then you got your Aaron Rodgers. Oh my goodness. And, and all that. Except <laughs> stage left, get off. Baseball, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Baseball is upon us. Spring training games start at the end of this <laughs> month. Uh, fantasy drafts are in full force right now as well. So we've got That's lots right. to talk about. Pitchers and catchers reporting once at three weeks. I think so. Uh, maybe faster than that. Yeah. Because the first spring training game is the 24th. So might be. I'll have to report pretty early. Wow. Well, we need, yeah, we need to definitely get involved. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of things going on. And like Kevin said, you don't need any other source. We are your source for fantasy baseball. And we'll That's take right. you all the way through. That's right. Your so, you know, all the way through. So whatever your concern is right here, it's handled. It's handled. He's Kevin Wilson. I'm Vince Stover. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Until next time, we'll see Until you around the Sports Stove. All right.